Hi, I'm Chelsea Neumeyer and I'm a time management and productivity coach. My goal is to help you go from overwhelmed to under control without a strict schedule or a bunch of productivity hacks. Each week, we'll talk about productivity mindset, actionable advice, my favorite resources, and you'll hear from guests just like you who are maximizing their limited resources. If you're anything like me, you're listening to this on the go, so check out the show notes and follow me on Instagram to learn more. Okay, let's start the episode. Hello, everyone. Today, I am so excited to welcome Gina Ward to the show. She is the founder and owner of Heart and Grit Coaching, a business coach, writing coach, storyteller, yoga teacher, and she has a passion for pursuing purpose in everything she does. And today, we're going to be talking about perfectionism, which is one of my all-time favorite things to talk about with clients. So thank you so much for being here today. No, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I love, I love podcasting more than anything and talking. I mean, that's why I have like storyteller in my my bio because I like to do that. Yeah, it's easy. It's a fun chat. So we're going to talk about all kinds of stuff today. So I know I just read your bio with, with all these great titles in there, but I'd love to learn a little bit more about you and your journey and what inspired you to start your business. Oh, wow. That's so those are like three loaded questions. <laughs> How much time to do we have? You can go anywhere you want. <laughs> All right, let, let's start with, okay, how I started my business. I, I was sitting on my back porch on a chilly but sunny day in March. It was 2014, and I had just found out my father had passed, and I just went into reflection of my whole life, and I think within a matter of a couple of hours, I had decided I was going to be quitting my job. Like, I didn't know what any of it looked like yet. I was like, I am quitting my job. I am not doing my love. I'm not spending another moment on this planet. <laughs> in this, you know, we're going to talk about perfectionism, but in this place of trying to crab, climb the ladder and improve, do better and earn more certificates and more degrees and get more, 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 more. So that was March. And I had signed a lease for a yoga studio in October, come October by then. So it was pretty quick. Wow. <laughs> I know. That's amazing. I, mean, I had, I know, I had a three year exit plan for my job, which turned into about eight months instead of three years when I realized I can't go all into a business when I have this other priority mm-hmm. and being, you know, a person of integrity. Like, I, can't, I just can't give my attention to two things that needed at the same time. And so, yeah. And then, Yoga studio owner became trainer of yoga teachers, became coach for yoga teachers, became business consultant for other people. So here's the thing about yoga studios, really great yoga teachers open yoga studios. They typically don't have a lot of business experience. Mm-hmm. So did that. Then the pandemic rolled around, closed the yoga studio, went again, was giving my attention to different places, took on coaching full-time and here I am. That's awesome. Nine years later. <laughs> wow. I mean, I think I, I'm always so inspired when I hear people who have kind of exit plans and then crush that goal oh. way earlier. I'm always yeah. so inspired by that. <laughs> and, and and the goal to exit was crushed. What it was supposed to look like hadn't was not even remotely close to that plan at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I was just like, yeah, I just, you know, it was, you know, obviously everybody's thing is the money thing, but I was just like, you know, I'll figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Are you still teaching yoga? I am. So I just recently started teaching again at my local gym. So I teach actually one yoga class a week and one spin cycle class a week. Cause that's another story, another lifetime, but 
had been in exercise fitness for two decades now. So it's come full circle. Like I left the gym to open a yoga studio and now I'm back at the gym and yes, I am. I'm enjoying it, but I took a, about a year and a half off. Yeah. And, but it looks like you've made, you found this nice spot with the business coaching and helping others who are in a similar transition period. So it is. And it's so interesting. I don't think that was ever my plan, but it is the clients I attract. And even there've been times I'm like, okay, I want to do something a little different and I want to go over here or go over there. But I always come back to working with people who typically have a particular career, doing something, working for someone else. They're not happy doing it. They have an amazing idea, skills and talents, and they, they want to own a business. And it's just making that leap, taking that risk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And well, I think that that's where, I mean, as a business owner, we have to be, we're constantly pivoting too, right? So it's always these, these changing, changing inspirations, these changes directions, because what you think you might be doing and what you're really good at, it may not be where you land and end up. And so that getting someone to help you through that is very important. Yeah. It's funny like that. Sometimes our natural gift and calling doesn't match our skills and what we could do. And I, I try to help my clients with that. It's like, there's a list of things you can do and you could do. And then there's the thing to do. Yeah. Especially well, as women, we want to do it all. Yes. Actually, it's funny. <laughs> I was, I was joining this podcast from recording another podcast. And that's absolutely what we were talking about is the kind of the woman who wants to do it all. And that we see it being done so effortlessly online and it's just not the reality. <laughs> yeah, I, I would I would say that that seeing effortlessly online is 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 not real. Mm -hmm. It's not effortless. <laughs> it appears so, and it's it's just not. I'm just yeah. I'm gonna call the BS on that one. <laughs> it's well sure. it's well curated. It is well sure. curated for sure. <laughs> I mean it, and it's so funny. And I I know we want to. So my mind is spinning already now that we're here. It's kind of like, because it's that idea of perfectionism, right? Mm -hmm. To make it look perfect. Yeah. And I, I think we always want, we see perfect and then we think we've got to do perfect. And, and like reality, the reality is, it's like, I'm sitting here in kind of sort of my pajamas. You know, I message you. I'm like, do, do I have to get changed? I sit here. There's nothing perfect about well, what's happening. I have a cold. I just opened up a container for a really short little program that I was hoping to get 20 people in. I got four people in. I didn't make a sale for three. All of Q4, I have made no sales. It's like this idea. And then I shouldn't be saying all this because, well, if she can't do that, then why would I hire her to help me do my thing? And this is just like this, the perfectionist spiral, especially happening on social media right now. And I feel really strongly about it, actually. Yeah. Let's, well, let's dive into it. So I okay. always like to start with like definitions. I think words are important. I want to make sure we're all talking about the same thing. So how do you define perfectionism as a, when you're talking to a client? Ooh. That might be a very I, big question. Well, no, 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 no. This is cool. I actually am a wordsmith and I've never actually really come up with my own term for perfectionism. So I love this task. So let me, let me develop this. So it's going to be perfectionism. Perfectionism is 
a self-destructive behavior in procrastination to avoid pain. Okay, that's good. And I probably pieced that together from some things I've read from a couple other people. So I don't want to say that's completely original, but that's that's how I feel about it. Yeah, I think the for me, the highlight really is that self-destructive piece, mm-hmm. right? Like you often, you at least in my experience, if you can correct me with yours, you kind of know what's happening. You can almost see it happening and there's nothing you can do to stop it. At least for me, that's how I feel. I know it's holding me up, but I yeah can't always stop it. Yeah, it's almost like a cycle. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you see it manifest for people? Maybe we can put some examples. I, okay, so, well, I mean, I was just in conversation this week with a couple people on this. I see it manifest, especially for new business owners, but I think it's for everyone. Mm-hmm. These are just people that I work with and trying to get their first offer launched, whether it be a one-on-one offer or a group offer, or a workshop, like it doesn't matter what the container looks like, but it's never ready. Right. And then mm-hmm. it's, it's never ready. So it's not perfect enough to launch, but then what I see manifesting, like the tangible behaviors are aren't there aren't any because it's well what are you doing to get it ready well I'm thinking about I'm thinking about it (laughs) and and I always love to ask this question like how many of you out there have a really great offer even a really great idea and it just lives in your journal nowhere else right the thinking and mind planning is actually not action nothing is being produced into the world yeah I can sit down and think for four hours and when I get up there's nothing new in the planet, then four hours before I got started thinking, stop, stop thinking. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. There, right. Yeah. Mind planning. That's so good. Mind planning. Cause mind planning and actually like sitting down with the calendar, writing down the list of things you need to do, making the appointments, making the commitments. That's like planning. <laughs> the mind planning doesn't, doesn't get you anywhere. Mm-hmm. I actually think it prolongs it just gives you more to think about. Now you have to think about the plan and plan for the plan, <laughs> right? It is like a, it is a black hole. It just will suck. And then what happens is nothing, nothing happens. Right. Yeah, right. Nothing happens. Yeah. And I think that's, and that's, that, I mean, does it come from fear then? I think it's an aversion to risk. Okay. An aversion to it's it's so interesting. I think fear gets tossed around so much, and I don't discount fear. It's obviously there, but I feel like we have to be more specific. You have to be more honest yeah. with yourself than just playing. It's like the word busy, right? Mm-hmm. It's oh, she's busy, and you've used the B word. I understand the B word. We can stop talking about it. Nothing can be done about that. Same thing with fear, right? The fear of what? Right. So I think it's the fear of change, the fear of taking risks, the the fear of hurt, looking ridiculous, being embarrassed, mm-hmm. not owning up to some expectation you have in your head or someone else has for you. Yeah. I think 
for me, fear sounds big. I don't like to use that word because it feels like, what are you, af- are you actually afraid? Like you're afraid of the dark or someone attacking you. Like that's being afraid. Like th- this doesn't feel so heavy, but I guess, for, you know, for some people it could be, I don't want to discount anyone's feelings, but that's why, that's why I always hesitate with the word fear too. Yeah. I actually, I love Brene Brown. I read a lot of her stuff mm-hmm. and there was, I recently read in one of hers that people confuse fear for anxiety. Yes. There it is. It's actually not fear. It's the anxiety, mm-hmm. which is the concern over the future and worry of something new. It's just something new because if you have a job, you could roll into your job tomorrow and be fired. But we have this idea of certainty in our head that that's not going to happen. But in reality, it's no different whether you work for yourself or you work for someone else that the next day, what you are used to having day to day may not be there anymore. And I think, I mean, obviously the pandemic showed us that, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just the idea of buying into the certainty game simply because you've been there, done that as if it's safer than the things you haven't been there and done. And then I think just perfectionism is just a excuse, Mm -hmm. something to point at and blame. Does it, where does it come from? Oh, so I think it's so funny. I was just doing a guest talk at a coach training last night. And I talked about that we have this cultural and societal belief it's not true that we should feel good, <laughs> right? <laughs> that like depression or anxiety maybe is not just a part of life and mm-hmm. that hurt and pain and suffering is not just, it's, it's just here. It's part of being human. So I, I really think it comes from the avoiding pain, hurt, suffering, discomfort, the things that literally don't allow us to feel good in our bodies in the moment. Yeah. Because I feel like when we don't feel good, we really um, take that very seriously, that there's something to fix. Yep. So I think fixing and perfecting just go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because if you're a perfectionist, you're going to want to keep fixing all your offers. You're going to want to keep fixing all your posts and, but also internal, like you want to avoid all that that grief or that anxiety at the risk of being hurt risk yeah and other people's perceptions of your work I think that's the feeling of hurt when people Mm -hmm. perceive Mm -hmm. you as something less than you want to be perceived at you your feelings get hurt yeah you feel less than so what are some practical steps that people can start implementing if they are doing a lot of mind planning and not a lot of action taking so I think, <clears throat> the, well, trust, let's start mm-hmm. with trust. Sure. Love that. <laughs> yep. Cause it, it's kind of comical. So I, I think part of it is you can't really, you have to dissect your story. So whatever your story is, and I hear it all the time. Well, what if blah, 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 blah. And then I have, you have to ask yourself. So I am almost 46 years old. And the idea of starting my own business is, well, what if I can't pay my bills? 
ask yourself, however old you are right now, have you actually just sat in the corner and twiddled your thumbs and watched people come in and repossess all your, your stuff? Or do you figure it out? Mm -hmm. It's like, I've never in my entire life not been able to pay my bills. No, I haven't had it like the way I've had to do it sometimes. Mm -hmm. I have to trust that if it doesn't work out, I'm going to go get a job. I'll go freaking work at McDonald's if I have to work right. at McDonald's. Like I'm, I'm not just going to sit there and let my world fall apart. So the idea of everything will fall apart is just so unrealistic, especially if you're thinking about a small business, you are not a personality type where you're going to let the world fall apart. That's fair. Yep. Right. So there's just like this reality check because it's never going to go away. I mean, I'm almost nine years into this. And just went through a whole episode of, oh my God, my business is failing and I'm not going to have any money. And I literally was just talking to my husband. I'm like, you know, the revenue isn't what I thought it was going to be. And what are we going to do? And he's, eh, because he trusts me. You know, I've known you for a long time. And so far you still haven't come and drained my savings account. <laughs> made it work out. <laughs> so it's just like, whatever. So if he can trust, you know, so it's like trusting yourself, the reality check that give yourself reality. I had one person say she was scared to start her own business because she does procrastinate. She does try to perfect. And so she's like, I'm scared. I won't meet the deadlines for my clients. I said, are you telling me you're going to take someone's money? And then when the time comes to give them the product, you're going to look at them and say, I'm not going to give you anything. She says, no, I would never do that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or she's like, well, then I'll just kill myself having to try to meet that deadline. I'm like, do you struggle meeting deadlines now? Yes. I'm like, are you alive? Yes. Okay. You're not going to kill yourself meeting the deadline. You just want to hear the things you actually say. Can you step out of your own thoughts and look at them and be like, that's so ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And I would actually never let that happen. Yeah. But also, and, and, and in the same boat, like I, sometimes I'll push back on clients and say, what is the worst that's going to happen? So, so you, you know, like if you, if you are getting the project and it's taking you longer than you anticipate for whatever reason, could you also just go back to the client and say, Hey, I've actually run into a few hiccups. Could we extend the deadline from Monday to Friday? Right. There are so many ways to solve that problem or the, those kind of challenges you might think. So one is the reality check of, you're probably not going to do it in the first place because we feel an obligation yeah. to the other person, but also the worst that's going to happen is you have to like you get the, the stuff in at a slightly different date. If you communicate with the client, typically, you know what I mean? Like, and it's just kind of like continuing that thought process of going to be okay. And it, that just comes back to the trust. Yeah. Like we could run through how many scenarios have been today. Now we're still talking about something that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> yes. We are trying to perfect the emergency strategy for all the potential things that you think might go wrong. And here's the secret, all those things you think are going to go wrong. None of that shit's going to happen, but there's going to be a whole lot of stuff you can't imagine that does go wrong. Mm -hmm. You can't plan for it. <laughs> okay. So what about the people who are afraid of the hurt or afraid of putting themselves out there and getting some negative feedback? So what? I don't mean to be insensitive. So, so here's the thing, like, again, chances are you're getting feedback that you don't like in life in general every day and mm -hmm. you're just fine yeah you're just fine I and is that person's negative feedback more important than 
the business you want to build for yourself and the life you want to have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's exactly the, the way to think about it too, is, is, I mean, I'm, again, maybe it's like the Leo in me, but I like just don't take things personal. Like I just, I, so fortunately for me, that is not typically something that I, I face, but when I'm talking with a client and, and I hear that, I say, I always joke, man, if you get a troll, that means you've made it. If someone has taken time and energy and effort out of their time to give you feedback, that means you've done something to stir attention to, to, you know, you've, you've garnered a reaction. Like, that's cool. You've made it like delete the comment, move on. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be about you and 99.999% of the time it has nothing to do with you. That is so true. And I was thinking that right as you were saying it is that like, I, you know, I do work with a lot of businesses on their marketing content and I'm like, we, you just have to create marketing that moves people. I don't care how it moves them, but mm-hmm. it moves them. And it's the same thing when I used to teach yoga classes, I'm like, I just want to garner some type of response to you. And it could be a response of you love me. And it could be a response of you hate me. And I don't care. <laughs> I've got you thinking about something and that is actually all that matters. Yeah. And, but also you're fine either way. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fine. Either way, nothing tangible actually happens. And if you feel hurt, you will feel hurt, but you have a hundred different emotions every single day. <laughs> they come and go. <laughs> so I think there's just also that little bit of, you know, personal work of just being in relationship with yourself and, and knowing that it's, it's just like anything in life. Owning a business is a relationship and you have good days and bad days with your significant other and you have good days and bad days with your friends and your kids and your male person, right? Mm-hmm. So with your business, it's going to be no different. Yeah. And I think part of it is acceptance, like accepting that I'm going to hear things I don't want to hear. Things are not going to work out just like your life right now. So do it anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, but do it anyway. And I think too, you started talking a little bit about some things that haven't worked out in your business. And I, oh, I know I always resonate really strongly when someone shares, shares those kinds of things, right? Because it feels so relatable and it's so helpful to start normalizing some of the things that don't work out because if everybody's just posting all these 10k month things it's oh my god <laughs> that as my personal enemy right now those posts because <laughs> it just creates a measuring stick mm-hmm. an unrealistic measuring stick in the space and and like I said like you said my bio like my search is to have the purpose and everything I'm like what purpose is that serving? Like the, I want people to get real when you're creating this content, like what purpose is that serving? And it's create, the purpose is to get someone wanting what you have and, or like scared around something they don't have. It, it just adds no value to the space. Yeah. And it does cause a lot of that mind drama for other people who are seeing it and feeling that they can't measure up, but it, and it's, I, I just remind myself, like, it is just a highlight reel. And we have no context or story behind how that person actually reached that yeah, yeah. amount. And how many months did they actually do that for in a row? Right. <laughs> right. Like, I could put that post up and then I have to say, and after that, it was a $250 month. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, and, and so what? Like, here's what's interesting is like, when did that even become a thing? 
Like, when did we decide that this was the goal that needed to be set? $10,000 a month is the new goal. Who says? Mm -hmm. It's such a, it's kind of like when everyone is like, I'm gonna run 5k. Why? I don't know. Seems like a good thing to do. Okay. (laughs) But it's, and then some people have really clear answers. And it's like, if you're not clear on the why behind everything you're creating, then it, it, it's what I, you know, you're just goal hopping somebody else's goals. Mm-hmm. It's actually not your vision. It's their vision. That I'm so glad you mentioned that. That, that gets me thinking too, that one that I always talk about is when to be really, it, when you're really clear on your goals, it just makes all of those other decisions that much easier because then you can look at things through the lens of, is this going to help me reach that goal or not? And I think that can help with that perfectionism too, because you just have to get, if your goal is to, I mean, let's, I know we just picked on it. If your goal is $10,000 a month, right. If that is important to you and you have a very clear why behind it, then you have to take steps to mm-hmm. get that goal. Real you steps. have to do real steps to get there. And so once you have that, once you know what that goal is going to be, that I think it makes it just makes it a little bit easier, right? Because then you can see what you're working towards and the process that you have to take in order to get there. And even if it's not perfect, you can still make progress towards that goal. Yeah. And it's, and then like, it's being really malleable. Cause I'm just like 10,000, $10,000 a month is a result. I don't even mm-hmm. know if I would call it a goal. It's a yeah. simple result to what my goal is to have a sustainable business where I have finances to do what I want and the time, freedom, and flexibility to live the life I want. I don't give a crap how that mm-hmm. money comes in. I real, you know, yeah, you know, and I don't care what time of the month, year it comes in. I know I have to do some strategic planning for myself or my personal finances to make that work. But can you attach? these things that actually have nothing to do with you. So $10,000 a month has nothing to do with me. Me working four hours a day has everything to do with me. Mm -hmm. And so I, the outside goal thing could change dramatically. And how, wait, where that 10, maybe I decide to go walk dogs for my neighbor while she's away and they're going to pay me $500. Well, great. That's going to contribute. It's, I'm not suddenly a failure because I didn't do $2,000 in my business. Like who cares where it comes from? Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's kind of, I teach, I teach a lot, like really have a vision mm-hmm. because most of the goals will not be met and or met in the way you think they're going to be met. But if you can keep your eye on the vision, which is a bigger picture, then you can scoot all over the place to get there. Yeah. Do you, what other kinds of questions do you ask your clients to start again, like recognizing some of these behaviors that they may be doing and helping them with strategies to move past it? Well, I think it's really important to get clear. So like perfectionism, procrastination and perfectionism and like the holding on and the avoiding is to, to get clear on what it is you are avoiding losing. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people look at people like, I've got to perfect this. I got to make this right. And I'm like, it actually has nothing to do with the thing. Like your 
perfecting an offer or a piece of content or even your business before you put it out, that action has nothing to do with that thing and everything to do with what you feel like you might lose if you take this action. Yeah. Right. So getting clear on what it is you're scared of losing and then getting clear on if that, if it matters, does that really actually matter to you? It's like shifting the perspective, Mm -hmm. I think is the biggest thing. And I try not, when I talk about procrastination, I try hard to not talk about the consequences of it, but there are significant consequences mm-hmm. to not to, to procrastinating to being held up by perfectionism and procrastination and that's the all you know all those lost you know the missed opportunities the delays in getting started and so I, I, I like use them as a last resort because I don't like to go negative with it I like to give people like tools and strategies but it's super important to recognize like yeah you you are missing out on important well, it's not, so I, I'm thinking about not, not what are the consequences of it, but what, what do you have right now that you're scared of, of losing? Oh, so you already gotcha. have, it, okay. right. All right. So a lot of times I work with people who are like, don't want to leave their, they want to leave their job to start their business, but then business isn't perfect enough to do that yet. So they stay with the job. And I'm like, what is it you think you're going to lose if you quit the job? Gotcha. Yeah. And that thought process is what's actually causing the perfectionism and the procrastination, mm-hmm. right? And usually, you know, a lot of it's source and comfort and security and these things like that. And I'm like, but you've had money and comfort and security in your life and other places without that job. What makes you think you can't have it if you leave that job? So I think it's like you said, why are people doing it? They really need to discover why they're doing it mm-hmm. versus talking about, what are what are you not getting by the procrastination? Then we're That's talking about something that doesn't exist yeah. yet, right? It doesn't exist yet. We need to really look at the things that exist that they're clinging to versus the imaginary things they want that they don't have yet. Because yeah. it's like a closet. Until they put down the stuff that's, until they clean out the closet, we can't even talk about the things they want to put in the closet. Yeah, that's a good analogy. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And it's like, really, you know, I could go down, well, you know, what are the consequences of you not buying that new outfit? I'm like, you don't even have room for the outfit. We don't need to talk about the outfit yet. <laughs> the outfit doesn't exist yet. <laughs> it's out there in the imaginary future. Yeah. But it's like that. Think of, just think about this guys. We, how hard is it for you to clean out your closet? Like I pull stuff out of my closet to clean out. And there are still things that I'm pointing because I have a little closet area perfect <laughs> in my office. There's stuff over here. I can't remember last time I wore it, but I don't want to get rid of it for some reason. Mm-hmm. Like our aversion to losing something we have stops us in our tracks. Yeah. And that that's greater, I think, than any fear of what might happen in the future. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really, really important insight. And I just love the questions that you're asking because it's getting me thinking. And I think it'll get the listeners thinking too about what is causing that holdup. What are they scared of losing? And has it ever been true for them in the past? And just that reality check is so important. What's the worst going to happen? I appreciate that it is deeper for that than that. And, and people 
feel this at different levels and struggle with it in different capacities. But, you know, if and, it's mm-hmm. and both exist, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I, I completely appreciate it. And we're kind of laughing, but yeah, when you're asking yourself those questions, it's very insightful. It, it is. And it's, there's a phrase that I've heard quite a bit and I've said quite a bit, and sometimes I hesitate saying it, but I think we do get to a point like before you pull the trigger on something, on anything and take a risk, bef- you, you don't do it because you simply just haven't suffered enough <laughs> with where you are before you decide I'm done with that. Now I'm going to go do this. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very good point. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> we won't, we won't just move. It's even like sometimes sitting here, I can feel my foot falling asleep, but it's not until I've suffered enough with it that I rearrange my position. I mean, it, being in relationships, being at jobs, you like most people will quit their job and like, they think about it, they think about it, they think about it. And then when they quit the job, something has just happened. Like the straw, you know, right. That broke the mm-hmm. camel's back that doesn't even have anything to do with all the thinking and the planning. And that's the point. That's the point you decided I'm not going to suffer anymore in doing something I don't want to do. Yeah. Oof. I felt that. Yeah. And that's what it was for me is like, you know, my mom passed when I was young, but I can remember like this unhappiness about it. My, my dad took his own life. So like, I kind of look at that and then I'm just like, most of what I had been doing, I was really good at, I advanced at, I was educated in, but I don't feel like I really chose it. Mm-hmm. And there was so much about it that I struggled with. And I'm just like, I I just can't suffer any longer on this ladder of perfection, this like climbing the corporate ladder kind of thing was what I was doing more, better prestige kind of like this kind of thing. And I just decided. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, I know I don't think I've ever really heard a story of someone quitting their job to that then regretted, you know, to start their own business and then yeah. really regretted it. Right. Like it's, but some people need to get to that, that point. Realization. Yeah. yeah. And at the end of the day, there is no coach or consultant or mentor who can do it for you. Right. Yeah. I know that's what's hard sometimes about this work because we can, we can share insights. We can ask the questions. We can give all of the different things to think about, but you have to take action. I mean, our yeah. clients has to, has to put in the work. And it's funny because like, sometimes the money is such an issue. Like I'm scared to leave the job because that's my steady money. But you're at the same time, I'm watching clients sink so much money into this business they're trying to build that never gets launched. I mean, I've told clients, I'm like, okay, we're four months into coaching. We're having the same conversation we had on day one. Is this what you paid me for? Yeah. Like your concern about finances and what might happen. Well, let me tell you what is happening. Right? <laughs> You've been paying me $1,500 a month to <laughs> run around the same bush. Right. With you. <laughs> you know? Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, I see that all the time. Yeah. 
And so um, it, it's, it's these perspective shifts. Yeah. And here's the thing about a perspective shift, guys, is that in order to get a new perspective, you have to change where you're looking from. So if you want a new perspective on your business, you're going to have to get up out of the job you're in and go sit somewhere else, preferably by your business and look at it differently. And there's no planning that's going to do that. There's no thinking that's going to do that. There's journaling. Like the action is you have to get up on your two feet and walk over there. That's the mm -hmm. only way to get a new perspective is in doing. Yeah. <clears throat> Otherwise, it's just insight. And insight makes us think more. And so you want to think about the circle of thinking, feeling, insight, thinking, feeling, insight, thinking, and you're just like chasing your tail, right? Oh my gosh. I feel like you're describing like every conversation I ever have with my best friend. We come to these realizations <laughs> about ourselves. <laughs> like, right. And then, and then, you know, most of the time my best friend's response is, yeah, I've known that about you for 10 years now, but you just got there. I'm like, yeah, okay. I just got here. And then, and then, you know, it's another, we're just, we're just in that loop of <laughs> like, I'm not discounting insight. Insight's necessary, but if you don't do anything with right, it, well, that's, you're yeah, just going to keep having the same insight over right. and over again. And that's a very critical next step that both of us skip. It's <laughs> what I'm going to do about it now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you, I mean, that, but that again, so a coach can help get those insights, can help do it, but you, you have to take the next steps. You have you to have change to your execute. perspective. You have to execute it. Yeah, um, execution. No one can execute for you. They really can't. And that's the hard. That's and I really think hard. people in the industry keep jumping from coach to coach, program to program, thinking they're gonna have the magic fix. It's finally gonna get me what I need. And the only thing you need is to execute on all the shit you've learned up until now. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to learn anything else. You haven't even used what you learned yet. Execute, and then you'll learn something from executing, and then go from there. <laughs> 100%, 100%. Yeah, um, I just call it rinse and repeat. Make a decision, do it, rinse, repeat. Yes, yes, I love that, I love that. All right, so changing gears a little bit, I always <laughs> like to interview folks about the behind the scenes. What does your kind of typical time management productivity look like? So can you walk us through a normal day or week in your life? Okay, I, in terms of like time management productivity, because I love this stuff, sure. Let's see. I still use my paper calendar. Beautiful. Love <laughs> I it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And it is at the beginning of the week, sometimes on Sundays, because I get excited about this. Like I sit down and I color coat <laughs> the things, right? Yep. Depending on what they are. But here's the most important part. I block out hours, which I know I'm going to sit down and work on my business. Now, there's nothing in that hour. There is no to-do list, actually. That's working for my business. I have time listed for working for my business. I think so many people don't work on their business, just pure yeah. creative play. Where do I want to go? What do I want to create? What might it look like? So I'll make sure I block time for that. And then for do have like a simple to-do list. I also put that in my calendar because it's lined out. Okay. And if you have a really long to-do list, you're just looking at a long list. But mm -hmm. if I take that and I'm like, okay, from one to two on Monday, I'm going to do administrative work and I put three things in there. And if that fills up that hour, don't put anything else in there. You're not going to get it done. Mm -hmm. If there's literally not time to write it in, there's not going to be time for you to do it either. So I chunk it out. And then my favorite are projects. And I got this from Silicon Valley. It is a computer programming thing. When you have big projects, you put one item for the project on a post-it note. 
and you put all the post-it notes on your wall. You keep your desk clean. You go over there and grab a post-it note. You do that thing on the post-it note, you throw it away and you take it away without getting overwhelmed by the bigger picture. But you've taken time to organize the bigger picture. Like you can tell I really geek out on this. Right? I love it. Yes. <laughs> How many of your, your interviewees are like, please, let's talk about this all day long. Oh, I love it. I, I mean, I'm happy to talk about it all day long. I mean, I even schedule... Like when I see I have a pretty full day, I make sure I go into my calendar, I write shower, eat, take a walk. Because if not, I, I, you've got to put that stuff down if you want to make sure you prioritize it. Absolutely. Yeah. So does that answer the question? Oh yeah, that's great. I mean, <laughs> I, and just again, from, from. My insight, I, I love the weekly planning stuff. Does, does anything go else go into the weekly planning? You said it's like you map, you map out the meetings and tasks you want to mm-hmm. get done. And then my, when I'm going to work out, when I'm going to have leisure, leisure time, I will not, as I start to put stuff in there, I will, I need to have some blank space. I need to see blank space. So I think another mistake people make is scheduling everything. And then they get really upset when something doesn't go as planned and then they run out of time. I'm like, how, how long has that been happening in your life? Like almost yeah. daily. Why are we surprised that nothing is going as planned? Yep. So I try to have one, if not two days where there are really large chunks of nothing there for me to actually just be a human being and do whatever I want mm-hmm. and to compensate for the unplanned. And I think this is the biggest hurdle is I'm going to have my full-time job. I'm going to start a business and not literally sitting down. I do this with my clients. I pull out an Excel sheet. I'm like, tell me what you did last Monday. Tell me what you did last Tuesday, blah, 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 blah. And I fill it in. And then I'm like, okay, now this is what you need to do to work on your business. Where do you think you're going to put that? Mm-hmm. Instead of being like, these are the things you need to do. And now you have a list. You're like, great, I'm going to get that done when I have time. I'm like, no, no. I need to know what night of the week you're going to sleep two hours less to do this. And then I think that is a huge reality check. Absolutely. And then, but it also goes back to what are your goals? Because otherwise that list that they're just giving you is busy work. Mm-hmm. Then that's a really good reality check for them too, to say, okay, work on my business. What does that mean so that I'm actually making progress? towards the goal or am I just you know like doing stuff around the house to procrastinate working on the you know business is the time piece and and I probably would have said this a couple of years ago because there would have been this fear of you know not having money because I can't sign clients I'm telling clients don't sign up because you're not going to do that But now that I've gone through the experience, because it's frustrating, it's frustrating for me, it's frustrating for clients to have all these expectations and goals and visions. And we literally just can't fulfill on them with our time together because you haven't scheduled time for it. I'll have people show up to programs and like send me a message. Hey, I have the earbuds on, but I'm not turning the video on because I'm at work and I've got to finish typing up this thing. And I'm like, you're literally sitting there. You've paid me thousands of dollars to be in this program, but you're actually sitting your job, halfway listening to me, halfway doing your job. Don't sign up. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then get clear that you're prioritizing that person's business and legacy, your boss, his legacy, her legacy over yours. And it's okay if that's what you want to do. I mean, I've had people who've worked with me at the end of it realize I actually don't want to be an entrepreneur. Great. You can jump off that hamster wheel. Mm-hmm. That's so powerful. And it's such a, it's such a good point, like to be intentional and fully present in everything that you're doing. I mean, that's just, again, that's just across the board, right? If you're going to be fully present, if you're going to have a full-time job, great, be fully present there. So that way you can be a fully present spouse and be a fully present parent. Like you can fill all of those roles intentionally, but if you're, <laughs> if you got one AirPod into this and one AirPod into yeah, that, right? then <laughs> you're and doing you, and you just well. Have to be real with yourself. If And I'm not saying you can't start a business and have a full-time job. You totally can. You can, yeah. But you need to sit down and say, I will, for the next X amount of months, not go out, mm -hmm. get less sleep, not interact socially, because you have to attend to your 40-hour-per-week job, plus commute time if you're doing that, plus take care of yourself, plus nail put in, guys, hear me, you know, 15 to 20 hours minimum to really get a business launched a week. If you can schedule that out, do it, go for it. And there are people who totally can do that. Mm -hmm. And I'm here to help you if that's what you want to do. But if it's kind of like, I do it when I have, I work on my business when I have time, you're not working on your business. You're working on your hobby. And you're just going to get, and you're just going to get frustrated. Yeah. And you're just going to get discouraged. And yeah, it's, it's not doing anyone a service. It's not doing your clients any services you know yeah completely agree with that yes. and mm -hmm. I said it's a hard pill to swallow it's a hard pill to swallow <laughs> yeah and though it's the most rewarding I would not do anything different I love being an entrepreneur I love that I I've had I chunked my businesses I would say I've had like one two three four businesses models structures mm -hmm. like three or four different name changes but it's like I'm not attached to that I'm attached to being an entrepreneur and I'm attached to fulfilling on my purpose and my vision and how I do that can change yeah like the way I teach yoga classes is the way I work with my clients like I get through in the same way I create the same momentum and action the same way I'm not locked into a skill set I'm just locked into my purpose yeah. And, and I feel like we're also coming back full circle too, because I think one thing that can be really discouraging to people who are interested in starting a business or are very new after they've started is seeing people who are like, I started my business working four hours a week and now I make, right. Like, and I don't, and again, them. I don't want, I, same thing. I don't believe that. I just don't believe them. I and believe I, I mean, I don't mean to judge, but I don't say this whole, I usually don't say anything like this, but I, I just don't believe that yeah and or they already have had enough resources somehow to mm. outsource the things that they didn't need to be done right yeah. because sure if I hired someone to do all of my podcast editing to do all of my content creation to write all my emails for me I probably would only have to show up that is that hours. is very that is very true because I actually do know someone, I was just talking to someone today and they own a small business and they literally are just in ownership. They don't even set foot in there, but a couple of times a month mm -hmm. because they have a high level job elsewhere 
and their significant other has a high level, high paying job elsewhere. And they literally have bought this little bitty small business for fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So someone else is right. And so someone else is taking care of or other, there's a team taking care of it. You got a team taking care of everything, then sure. But that's also just absolutely not the reality of most people starting out. Yeah. These are the people not coming and getting our services because they don't have any of these push the button issues. They just do it. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. They're probably not listening to this podcast. (laughs) No, they're not. (laughs) Um, Well, any other, I mean, I know you like to nerd out about any other like tips or, or practices or routines that you follow that have helped your, your time management productivity? I, I would say the thing that really helps me the most is always coming back to my purpose and my vision and my why. There are times when I do, I want to push down the road. I want to put off doing the odds and ends, the shit that I don't want to do in my business. And then I have to remind myself why I'm doing it. Like doing the monthly accounting reconciliation. I do that. I'm good with numbers. It's easy for me. It does not make me scattered. Like if, if you don't like that stuff, hire someone to do it. But sometimes I'm really like, ah, I don't want to sit down and look at Excel today, right? <laughs> but I'm like, this is what's going to get me over here to the bigger vision of my life, which is having a sustainable business where I can work part-time. I have employees. My husband and I can buy a second house. Maybe he can quit his job that he doesn't like. I just keep that in the back of my head. And then why? Because there are times I'm like, fuck this. I'm gonna get another job. And then I'm like, Gina, remember that day sitting on the porch? (laughs) So, and there are simple things. Like if you can have a really clear vision of what you want, 10, 20 years down the road, guys, you have to go that far. If you're building a business, no one builds a business they for two years. If you're just like, eh, I'm gonna do it for a couple of years, just stop right now. Businesses live in the realm of decades, right? Yeah. So if you can see that far down and then remember why you started, all the other stuff will just, it just, just remind you of that stuff. You'll do it. You'll just do it. Mm-hmm. So if you're concentrating on, I've got to write this copy and you're just thinking about the copy. Yeah. You're, you're not going to do it. You're going to try to perfect it. You know? So I, I think that's it. And then making sure that you get joy out of the work you're doing. So not like joy out of doing Excel sheets and accounting, but like that doing that allows me to get on here and tell my story with you run this program that I'm running, work with my one-on-one clients. And quite frankly, I would do that and not get paid for it. And a, you know, a not world that we live in. Like if, (laughs) if, if you wouldn't do the thing without getting paid, then don't start a business doing that thing. Yeah. I would agree with that. I I think it, I, cause I feel that way. I feel like I love what I do so much that I would do it for free. And that definitely makes it more enjoyable, right? Like it just yeah. it keeps you motivated. So I love that. And the, and the vision is one of the techniques that I talk a lot about for overcoming procrastination, right? So if you can keep that future in your head, if you're why it, it just can help you get over that, that hurdle sometimes of getting started or 
And it's one of the most, it's the foundation of your business. Mm -hmm. And I, I find I work with people who have kind of gotten started and I'm like, okay, well, what is your vision and what is your mission and what are your values and what are your principles and what is your purpose? Why does your business exist? And they can't answer any of that stuff, but they're like, what's the best checkout system? I'm like, who cares? You know, they're like, how do I use Kajabi and how do I write copy and help me schedule content? And I'm like, but you don't have the foundation of your business set yet. And why none of that stuff gives you immediate tangible results. It is what you will use for every single decision you make in your business. Like yeah. you're going to, we're going to sit here and we're going to nitpick and null over copy and content. And you're doing that because you haven't done all this foundational work because if you did the foundational work, you would never, ever ask yourself ever again, what should I talk about today on social media? You know. Yep. 100%. 100 agree with that. Oh, man, this is a good conversation. I feel like I got coached a little bit too. Like, I feel <laughs> I had, there was some good, on my purpose. Yes, there were some good moments in there, some, some good nuggets that people can take away to just, again, those reality checks with themselves, asking some questions and really keeping the, the vision and purpose of why you want to be an entrepreneur, why you want to start your business in the back of their mind is, is going to be so, so important. So thank you for that today. Yeah. It's your anchor. Cause I mean, mm -hmm. the shit is going to hit the fan. I was anchored to a have to teach yoga in the white building on route 70 and Cherry Hill. I would have been crushed when I had to close that place, but that's not what I was anchored to. Those were just four walls. And yoga is just yoga. I can do so much more. So good. Where can people find you to follow along in your brilliance and your wisdom drops? <laughs> I, uh, so you can find me over Instagram is the easiest way to get hold of me, Heart and Grit Coaching. And then my website is heartandgritcoaching.com. I also have a podcast, The Heart and Grit Show. If you are interested in purpose and doing that foundational work, I have a three-month short container called The Purpose Sessions where we will do all the foundation of your business and you'll walk away with a very structured way of looking at your vision, your values, your principles, your mission, your vibe. And that is 100% actually from where all your branding will come from, all your marketing will come from. So it's the source of everything. Brilliant. Well, I'll put all of that in the show notes and I encourage everyone to check you out on Instagram because we'll be connected. And so thank you so much for being here today. It's a really good time. Thanks so much for having me. I had so much fun. If you're ready to go from overwhelmed to under control so that you can be a booked out, burnout proof business, or just stop feeling overwhelmed so you can relax on the weekends, let's chat. I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching where I use my unique set yourself up for success framework to teach you the skills you need to create and live your ideal schedule. I have three spots available for March, so check out the link in my bio or DM me on Instagram to learn more. Thank you for enjoying another episode of From Overwhelmed to Under Control. I hope you're feeling one step closer to your goals. Don't forget to check out the show notes and follow along on Instagram at Chelsea and Coaching. I look forward to talking to you soon.